Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Are you ready to spice up your bookshelf with some feminist fire? Then look no further than Flowers of Fire, the inside story of South Korea's feminist movement and what it means for women's rights worldwide by journalist Hwan Hyung. This book takes you on a wild ride through South Korea's feminist movement, where badass, brave women fought against sexual abusers, dodged defamation lawsuits, and went on a birth strike to push back against pressure to marry. You'll meet activists who are changing a criminal justice system that's suspicious of victims and sympathetic to predators. It's a feminist revolution that'll leave you cheering. So put on your best protest outfit and grab a copy of Flowers of Fire by Hawan Young, out now from Ben Bella Books. Hey everyone, I am here for the most chaotic segment we have ever done on Feminist Book Club, the podcast. I'm sitting down oh. with two of my favorite people, Mariquita Guerrera and Natalia Santana Pollard. Beep, welcome. Beep, beep. welcome. <laughs> do you think we could do an air, air horn aside? I haven't figured out sound effects yet, but you know, the moment I do, watch out world. <laughs> Excellent. All right, this is how it's going to work. I have a list of silly questions about books and about Feminist Book Club. And I want to know your answers to them. So for instance, you both have been longtime contributors to the podcast. Nikita, what's the favorite Feminist Book Club interview you have ever done? You know, it, I keep referring people back to it, but it's Isabel Cañas, The Hacienda. I loved that discussion. And I really honestly could have kept talking to her for hours about that book and about post-colonial gothic oh my gosh in terms of wow this is so cool i can't believe i'm getting this opportunity it was the first lady of iceland and i think the part that i really liked the most was the fact it was the book was a good book and she was truly so dope and then just like good for my soul was natalia sylvester because aside from the book being good she was so dope isn't she? And I fun? got to give her her flowers and express to her how much her writing means to me and my kids and all that stuff. I really like those opportunities where you get to say how you feel about somebody. Being genuine and enthusiastic is one of the best parts about the gig. I want to name the First Lady of Iceland because she's not just her position or her partner's position, Eliza Reed. Thank you. The secrets of the Sprek are, we'll link all of this in the show notes, so don't worry, everybody. Those were great answers and some of my favorite books of the year. All right. I'm going to throw it back to Natalia. Natalia, the last book you read that made you cry. You cry all the time. So this is Wait, cry, oh, what's the last book you read, period, then. Uh, it's I got an arc of Night Wherever We Go. And it's a book that I read thinking that I wasn't really going to like it. And it broke me because it was about slavery. It was a story about women who were enslaved and it was a group of them and it revolved around babies and just their lives and horrific acts. And I sobbed a lot. You don't need to hear my reenactment, I suppose. Marikita, do you have an answer? I I don't think a book has made me cry. Ever? I don't think so. I can't remember a book that's made me cry. Hold on. Stop the presses. Time out. So you're telling me that you read Smiled Beads. Girl Who Smiled Beads. And you didn't sob hysterically. 
No, I didn't. Life is a cornucopia of experiences and people make up the vegetables in that cornucopia. And right now, you are the corn. Am I like a hard squash or something? You're the corn in that cornucopia. (laughs) You know, and like movies don't really make me cry. It's not that I don't cry. It's not that I'm a sociopath or anything like that. I cry a lot, but I don't know. This is so shocking. This is like... This is like finding out that someone doesn't see pictures in their head. All right. On that note, maybe you medicate to this one will be better for you. What's the last book that made you laugh out loud? Not just like, <laughs> hmm. Do you laugh out loud at books? Yeah. Do you know how to laugh? I've never laughed in my life. This is not a book about Benedict Cumberbatch book. That's the book that has made me laugh the loudest and the hardest by Tabitha Carvin. I think the first thing that she said that made me really lose it is when she said that her mom said that Benedict Cumberbatch looks like the underside of a stingray and like <laughs> oh my god that's so true though i know i know i'm gonna go with rootless another arc that i got by christelle zara apaya but i read it i laughed your favorite book from childhood natalia we'll go back to you it's all of francis hopkins burnett book so well, it's not really all of them but a little princess uh, secret garden and pollyanna by Eleanor H. Porter. Pollyanna was actually the first book I ever wrote about for Feminist Book Club. They are my favorite books from childhood. I still read them now. They remind me to be kind and to have joy and to be firm and resolute in the things that you believe in. I remember the first book I ever bought, and it was The Island on Bird Street by Yuri. I just looked it up. Yuri Orlev. And it is a semi-autobiographical book about a young kid uh, during the Holocaust who hides in an abandoned house. And one of the things I loved about it was the, I had like fantasies about like running, like the boxcar children, like living in like a weird kind of situation by myself, having to be like an adult and like figure things out. There was one specific passage from it that it was the first time I saw my weirdness in a book where the kid in the book says that like if he sees someone approaching him and he doesn't like that way they look, you know, if he's like worried about him or whatever, feels like there might be an ick situation going on. He holds his breath so he doesn't breathe their air until they pass him. And I was like, oh, my God, I do that, too. I'll like hold my breath as I pass somebody. <laughs> but I like the look of him. It's a really sad book. It's a really beautiful book. So what you're telling us is you were broken really early and that's why you don't cry. I think, I think so. The best book you read for school and college counts. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You're gonna flip the Epic of Gilgamesh. I was a precocious reader, which is shocking to absolutely nobody, but I had never really ventured outside of Western literature until college. I was hooked. I loved it. And it made me, for the first time, really think about the larger world of literature around me. The I think the first book that like really made me feel like it was worth reading was probably The Yellow Wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. I think it completely fucked me. Yeah. And it's short and it really does an excellent job of portraying the shittiness of the patriarchy and like postpartum madness 
she was a different kind of character and she just slowly lost her mind. And it kind of opened the door for me for like a lot of feminist texts and also like, like Shirley Jackson and other things that were sort of spooky and, and geared more towards women. I'm going to try to read it again. What's your favorite book from your favorite genre? So what's your favorite genre? Question one. And what is your favorite book that is in that genre? So my favorite genre is science fiction. My favorite science fiction book is the first science fiction book I ever read, which was Level 7 by Mordecai Roshwald. It took me over 20 years to find a version of that book that I could actually buy. It's told from the perspective of a worker, and you don't know who the worker is. You don't know their name or whatever. They're just a number. And it's about the nuclear holocaust. And it's told in the form of letters. And he slowly loses his mind. It was the first book that truly scared me to think about the possibility of the future. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody else talk about it. Never heard of it. Yeah. Right? And the author was a Jewish man. He was Russian. I looked him up once. I don't think he wrote very many books. Nikita, favorite genre, favorite book in that genre? I mean, it's not a secret. My favorite genre is gothic fiction. I I just really love it. I like to be spooked. I don't like to cry. I hate laughing. And I've mentioned it on the podcast before. We have always lived in the castle by Shirley Jackson. This may be my favorite. It's almost more of like a uh, an actual fiction book of hers than like something that's more aligned with her gothic novels. Great recommendation. All right. What's the best book you've read so far this year? Mm. Just this year. Our goddess. 2023. Oh, man. River Sing Me Home by Eleanor Shearer. It's a really great book about agency and what it means to be free. And I really, I think that right now where in my life, I really love the idea of being free. Yeah. What are you saying? You've got three children, one baby, (laughs) dog, a full-time job, and you're in school, and you're the editor-in-chief of our blog. What do you mean you haven't had time to read? I'm disappointed. I think that, like, just watching this character go from being an enslaved woman to being free and making her own choices under her own power, no matter what anybody thought about them, and and kind of just letting herself go ham, as it were, that really appealed to me. I liked that book, too. I read it as well, and it was a good one. I'm taking a gamble here because I think my favorite book so far, I'm not, I'm not done with it. I'm sort of, yeah. But it's, I have some questions for you by Rebecca Mackay. I just started it. I'm maybe 70 pages into it and I absolutely love it. I keep feeling so many excited feelings about it. And I'm going to talk to the author about it and I'm going to try not to fangirl. Because it talks about like true crime and how we feel entitled to people when we read about their stories and how we're actually not entitled to anything at all. It it explores it from this perspective of this podcaster who's going back to a school that she had attended where a friend of hers was murdered and is unraveling that story and really examining true crime from like what's ethical and what's not ethical. And also she's like neurotic and I really love her. And so I haven't finished the book. I could still be disappointed by it. But so far, I love it. I want to just spend all my time with it. I have finished it. I have read it. And I will say, I don't think you will be disappointed. Yay! I love it too. What's your 2023 pick so far? 
I keep thinking about The Golden Spoon by Jessa Maxwell, and I don't know if it's going to be my top book of the year. I probably have read something better this year already. I've read seven five-star books this year already. But this one I just keep thinking about because it's the perfect marriage of The Great British Bake Off, Only Murders in the Building, and like your quintessential like Agatha Christie-esque situation. It's a cozy mystery that takes me on a really fun ride. And it is basically Bake Off fanfic. And honestly, what more could I possibly want? That sounds dope. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to move on from specific books to characters in books. Who is your favorite main character from a book? Oh boy. It is Mary motherfucking Lennox from The Secret Garden. Well, let's tell you about Mary Lennox, okay? Mary Lennox was an orphan because, like, even before she was an orphan, she was an orphan. Her parents were garbage. She had absolutely zero home training. And this woman said, I'm going to make my misery everyone's problem as she went to England. And then she, like gets to England and she gets introduced to this cast of characters in this weird spooky house. No, I can be better than I am. And she does. She gets better and she opens herself up and she takes her little walls down. And I love her. I love her. I love her. This is like a big question. I've read so many books, but like a character that I really liked and a villain that I have loved to hate both occupy the same book. So I really liked Bone Clocks by David Mitchell. And there's a character in that book named Holly Sykes that I really enjoyed. She starts off the book as a teenager. And as the book progresses, she becomes an elderly woman. The book kind of takes place over the course of her lifetime, even though it doesn't necessarily follow her story all the way through. And I like her because she starts off like absolutely, totally a teenager. And she slowly develops into somebody who has experienced an interesting tragedy in her life and then did something interesting with. And Hugo Lamb is another character in that book. And he's like such an asshole. I hate him, but like, I feel like he's the kind of person that I would have like had such a crush on when I was in my 20s. So, And so I think... It's this love-hate thing because I really feel like, oh, I know that fucker, but he's such a fucking dick. And then he like redeems himself at the end, which like I appreciated the way that happened. I love that for you. Thank you. you have a villain you love to hate? Climate change. No, I'm just kidding. The patriarchy. Actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that answer for a hot minute. So I think it's, I was reading a book called Vagina Obscura. And it's so good. And it's about the vagina, right? And it's about like all of the different parts of it, research, stuff like that. And the one thread that I had through the whole book was exasperation, the medical system and how little research is done on our bodies. How we're just supposed to like fucking take everything that happens in our lives and just be like, well, that's just the way it is. At one point she was like, she has a chapter on the clitoris exclusively. And they've done 3D modeling around the the clitoris. And it's like not even just what you see in images, right? Where it's like the wishbone shape that's deeper and underneath the skin. It's all of these nerves and vessels and everything. I'm going to stick with the medical system that, you know, forces 
male supremacy among all. And I'm going to give that a big fuck you. I love to hate it. And I'm going to hate it probably till the day I die. All right. Let's hear characters you have a crush on. So in The Light Pirate, the main character, her name is Wanda. Listen, I've got a competence kink. All right. Character knows how to do a lot of things. And I'm just saying that while I'm screaming my head off about rising floodwaters, she would like throw me in a canoe and tell me to be quiet. And I would be like, yes, ma'am. And I would love every minute of it. <laughs> oh, you just want you just want somebody to take care of you. Oh, I God, yes. You. I see you. <laughs> I'm into it, too. I love her. And she's like vulnerable, but not but strong, but like does things and ugh a good character that I would smooch on the mouth if I could. Who are you Hold smooching, Mariquita? I don't know. I'm struggling with this one. Well, it's because it's, you read the horror books. So, like, who are you smooching? Fucking both in the corner? No thanks. Just hot like, from the Hacienda? Oh, my. I would... Okay, you know what? I do have a crush on him. He was... A hot priest. I mean, you know, it's transgressive. He he believes her. Yeah. Okay. Hot priest. I'm going with hot priest. He's got a name. I can't remember it in my head. Father Andres. Ooh, Andres is a good name. Mm. Very sexy name. All right. What's an unpopular opinion you have about a book, books in general, reading, readers? Let's get canceled. I think that people are far too precious about their book recommendations. Or like about what other people are reading. I don't understand this narrative around like cancel a book because it's bad because the author is bad. But like just because you think it's low brow fiction or you don't like the genre or have any respect for the genre, that's bullshit. So I find a lot of book talkers in particular to have this stance and it drives me fucking nuts like just i want people to read i don't care what they read i don't care how they get there do something that lets you live the experiences of someone else for just a minute so that you can work that empathy wheel in your brain and people are like mm, i don't like romance well i don't like fucking high fantasy and yet you don't see me here going they're not real elves aren't real like whatever shut up let people read good good i was trying to figure out like what about that was like controversial because i'm like no i think that's totally right if Uh, you look at some parts of the internet man they're like no i am the only true arbiter of taste and i am the only one who has good opinions on books and it's like who the are you okay All right. I got to just say, I really feel like reading a physical book is like the best way to read a book. Wow. Wow. Right here in front of my digital phone where I have all of my books stored. You're going to say that? That's cool. I love, okay, I love audiobooks. My life would be a much hollow, boring life without audiobooks. Big love to Libro FM for like providing joy to me. But I still feel like a physical book is the best way to read a book. It's like a tactile experience. I can like put notes in it and find like old train tickets later. A physical book has so much meaning outside of just the book itself that I really, really love it. It's not that I think like other ways to read a book are like horrible or there's anything wrong with them. Like ebooks are really awesome. To like be able to search through a book or to like highlight things and not mark the book. 
almost anything, but a physical book will always have a good place in my heart, like just a special place in my heart. All right, Renee, what's yours? It's a combo of both of yours is I like physical books. Audiobooks are my favorite, but I like physical books because I can write in them. So I don't want to be too precious. I think I, being too precious about the books that you own, whatever, who cares that you own them? They're meant to be loved. They're meant to be used. They're meant to be dog-eared and underlined and... Water-stained for Pete's sake because you read them in the back stained? and it fell. Are you kidding me? Like, the amount of coffee in my books is ridiculous. Yeah. And also, like, collecting books is fine, even if you don't read them. I really think that, like, a well-curated library, whether you have or have not read them, is something to be proud of. I don't think they're that spicy, but... All right. What... It's your favorite book to TV or film adaptation. Can I tell you my least favorite? Absolutely. What did you fucking hate? Okay, I'll tell you what I liked and what I hated. I hated the Goldfinch adaptation. That was such trash and it was going to be trash and there was no way it was going to be good. It just was such a long book and there were so many phases in it. Like it was impossible for that to be a good movie. It just picked like highlights from like each section and like just did that and like you missed so much nuance and it was terrible and I'm not saying that it couldn't have been edited down but you like don't understand really the motivation of the character like it guts it really significantly but my favorite is probably the original Stepford Wives. Ira Levin book is fantastic. Ira Levin is a fantastic writer and Rosemary's Baby's fantastic book as well but I'm not going to recommend the movie because Roman Polanski's a dick face and I hate him. The Stepford Wives from what year? The one with Catherine Ross. My favorite book to movie adaptation is definitely The Secret Garden. Shut up. Let me live. No, I love a theme. I love a motif. I love that. It's a very specific Secret Garden. It's a 1993 film with Maggie Smith in it. She plays Mrs. Bedlock. And it's the truest version to the book that I've seen in any adaptation. And I think a close second would actually be the Dune movie that came out recently because it was as close as you can get to the Frank Herbert Dune without being like super fucking weird. So I think that those two are my favorite. My least favorite adaptation are literally any of the Babysitter's Club. No. You're fired. fired. That's your unpopular opinion. Okay. All right. That's it. The Netflix series? is absolutely perfect. I'm so sorry. I mean, I watched it. I thought it was lovely. And I'm like, Alicia Silverstone, welcome back. But you just didn't need it. I needed it. I did it. Okay. Maybe you didn't need it. But I also needed it. You know, you're outvoted. Okay, fine. I will gracefully bow down with my bad opinion. I had like a two-week flu when I watched it. And I just needed comfort. I was sick as a dog. I didn't have the vid. It was coming out both ends. You're welcome. Ooh. It was That's the worst. However, do you know what book needs a movie or a series adaptation? Because it needs to be a television series. Animorphs by K.A. Applegate. Sure. So I bought the first 50 books. And me and my eight-year-old are reading that. Me and my eight-year-old are reading them together. There you go. Uh, And we think that it would be the most perfect. HBO has to have it because they can give it the budget. Disney would ruin it, but it would be such a good series on HBO. It would also be horrifying. 
but it would be so good. Oh, yeah, because right. the kids like transform into animals, right? Yeah, one yeah, of them got stuck as an animal. There's going to be like body horror in that. Yeah. You're talking about war. You're talking about child soldiers. You're talking about like it is intense. How did anybody let me read this book as a child? No fucking clue. But they did. And here I am. Reading it with your child. With Yeah, I know. Right. Whatever. She's fine. Final question. Final, final question. <laughs> your favorite book that you've read for Feminist Book Club? Ooh, shit. Ooh, Good Talk by Mira Jacob. Oh, that was so good. I cried. I sobbed during that. Mem- oh my God, it was so good. She was so good. It was nothing that I would have picked, not to toot the club's horn, toot toot, but the best part about this club is that it's books that I would not normally pick for myself, right? But now it's like one of my most gifted books that I give to people when I'm mm-hmm. like, to read about issues. I gotta agree about Mira Jacobs' book, though. It was so meaningful. And anything that she does, I follow her on Instagram and like oh, her responses yeah. to things are, they are incisive and they're mm-hmm. thoughtful. It's not like it's therapy, it's therapeutic. It's not big emotions, it's the quiet yes, things. That's very much. And for somebody who is as big as I am, sometimes I, I think that I need to remember that it's in the quiet spaces that the most transformation occurs. That's what I got from Good Talk, right? Is that sometimes you just need to lie on the grass and look at the stars and just like ask yourself these existential questions. Well, on that note, this has been fun. Thank you for getting weird with me. (laughs) We'll have links to everything in the show notes, including where to harass these beautiful people online, including myself. Give us book recommendations. I'll talk to y'all soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Feminist Book Club, the podcast. Want to be part of the club? Here's how you can join us. Obviously, subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for brownie points. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. A well-read woman is a dangerous creature. Creature.